It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. Let me share a powerful passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. It contains one of the most challenging titles that rests upon the people of God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now in verse 20, God refers to us as his representatives, ambassadors for Christ. What an honor, what a burdensome thing, but what a wonderful, joyous thing that we would represent heaven to earth that we would represent a holy God to a fallen human race, that we would become his hands extended and his voice lifted up because we are the vessels that he indwells in order to gather the human race unto himself. Now, if I were to look in a dictionary to find a definition of the word ambassador, what would I discover? Most likely something like this. An ambassador is a representative or a messenger sent on a specific mission. An ambassador always seeks to speak not his own mind, but the mind and the will of those he or she represents. So an ambassador must be a selfless person and a bold person bold sometimes in standing in a very friction-filled position where there's animosity, where there's tension between two parties, and the ambassador brings goodwill and reconciliation between parties at variance with each other. No wonder Proverbs 13 verse 17 says this, a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. In other words, if someone fills the role of an ambassador, they restore health to relationships, healthy relationships between nations, healthy relationships between races and cultures, healthy relationships in a marriage, in a home, in a family, between parents and children, between divided individuals in a church. If we really fulfill the role of being ambassadors, 
our primary emphasis will be reconciliation. Now, the word reconciled means to be restored to a former right and harmonious relationship. That's God's passion. That's what heaven desires, to restore those who are in the dregs of society, those who have fallen to the deepest depths of sin and debauchery and uncleanness and rebellion against God. Those are the ones God desires to rescue, but he has to have a representative. He has to have a messenger. Now, sometimes he breaks this rule, but normally God does not present the gospel to people without a human voice being the means of that communication taking place. He desires to use his people. So there's some foundational characteristics about ambassadors that are very desirable and necessary. Number one, an ambassador has to be selfless. He doesn't exist for his own agenda to be fulfilled, but the agenda of the one he represents. Number two, an ambassador is a person of authority because the leaders of the nation that that ambassador or the leaders of that group that that ambassador represents lend their authority to him or to her so that he speaks with the same level of authority as the one he represents because the word given to him comes from an authoritative source. Number three, an ambassador must be a person of diplomacy. A diplomat is someone who tries to find areas of commonality, who tries to find areas of agreement, who tries to find an open door into the restoration of a relationship by ignoring areas of tension at times and emphasizing that that can reunify parties. Now, that doesn't always fit the situation, but it is something to ponder that we should be people of diplomacy. An ambassador also, number four, must be a person of stability, a person who will stand when there's hot opposition, a person who will stand when there is firm rejection, a person who will stand when there are dangerous situations. He or she must be a stable person. All right, number five and six, an ambassador must be a person of patience and faithfulness because sometimes the ambassadorship process can be very tedious, very challenging, very frustrating, and very lengthy. Number seven, an ambassador is a person who possesses power to produce change. Now ponder that just a moment, that you have the power to produce change. You are a world changer on a global scale. That can be true for some of you. You have influence all over the globe. And for others, it may be a smaller region of influence, a smaller area of impact. But you do have the power to produce change. What an incredible gift has been placed in you. The word of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation. You don't just tell people about it. You lead them to it. You have the ability to minister reconciliation to them, 
to bring them to the Lord, to pray over them and bring forgiveness of sin into their lives and bring deliverance to them through your intercession, through the ministry of laying on of hands or however you present the love of God to individuals. How powerful is that? You have the power to produce change in their lives. Now, if you are an ambassador for Christ, your home is like an embassy flying the flag of another nation above it. Just like an embassy in a very tension-filled country, I won't name any particular one, that maybe has a very fractious relationship with the United States of America, However, within that embassy, the ambassador is just as free as the country he represents. And that place is a place of peace in the midst of a swirl of turmoil outside the walls of that embassy. Because the banner of the nation or the flag of the nation that that ambassador represents in a sense, is claiming that territory for the same character of the nation that is being represented. So uh, how does that relate to us? Well, we fly the banner of the kingdom of heaven. We fly, in a sense, the flag, the blood-stained banner of redemption over our homes, over our individual lives. And within us, Abiding and residing within us is the freedom and the liberty that we have as sons and daughters of God, even if we are in the midst of a world full of bondage, full of deception, full of delusion, full of lies, full of satanic agendas, full of ruined and wrecked lives. Still, in the midst of it, We bear the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, because the character of heaven is in us and it permeates the atmosphere around us in our homes or wherever we may find ourselves. Another key word in this passage of scripture is the word impute. The Bible said that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. That word impute means to reckon to someone's account or to lay to their charge. In other words, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He didn't come for the sole purpose of exposing the sins of people, but for the primary purpose of delivering them from that sin and washing that sin away in his precious blood. I think it's so significant to see that God prepared for reconciliation before division even happened. Revelation 13 verse 8 says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So before man was estranged from God, God made a way for man to be rejoined to him. I like to say it this way, a lot of ministers Uh, declare that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Let me take you one step further. God makes the way before the way even needs to be made. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world because God anticipated that the human race would fall, and he made a plan in advance for the restoration of those that would turn toward him. 
the main prophecy that was uttered in the Garden of Eden about this restoration was actually a prophetic word to the serpent, where the Lord God spoke to the serpent and said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So from the beginning, God was declaring the defeat of the enemy and the deliverance of the people who would turn their hearts toward him. Now, this reaches out and embraces some other areas that are very important. For instance, when Jesus died on the cross, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, well, the whole passage is verse 11 through verse 18, that he broke down the middle wall of partition between Jews and Gentiles. He abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off, that's the Gentiles, and to those who were near, that's the Jews. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So part of the reconciliation that came through Jesus' earthly walk and his death and his burial and his resurrection was the reconciliation of the Jews and the Gentiles so that out of both could be brought forth a people for the Lord, a people that would glorify his name. Then there is a passage of scripture that reaches out universally. Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 22 says it this way, that it pleased the Father that in him, in the Lord Jesus Christ, all fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And so ultimately, reconciliation will come to the entire universe. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In other words, all reconcilable things will be brought under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that does not mean the reconciliation of Satan. That does not mean the reconciliation of the wicked who have rebelled against God that's talking about the reconciliation of all reconcilable things universally on a cosmic level. The whole universe is going to be brought under the headship of the Lord Jesus so that heaven on earth reigns in this place once again. Now that's the message of ambassadors for Christ. We have an awesome message to tell and we need to go out into the world and be the heart of God expressed be the hands of God reaching out, and be the eyes of God seeing the lowly and the lost and those that are the last person you might think could ever be changed, and yet view them with hope, 
the hope that Jesus had when he came into this world. We are messengers. Let's get the message out everywhere we go in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.